Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 425. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rickshaw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. This week on the show, we'll be reviewing Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Gonna get a little crazy with Dune. We'll also be going over some of we're watching on the watch list and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be very helpful. Hope to get the new Save by the 90s out. This week I had some some issues at home. They're building a house in like on our street. And they so there's all these like construction workers and stuff. And these idiots. Kevin, oh, these idiots put in one of those giant dumpster things. Uh-huh. You know, like the long ones. Yeah. And they put it not on the not on the owner's property, no. Like so it's like a cul-de-sac that I live in. And there's like a middle part, like a circular patch of grass. And they put all of their equipment and like bricks and lumber and this giant uh dumpster thing there in that middle part which isn't the owner's property by the way and when they did that uh they ended up tearing my internet line my cable line so i lost internet incredible basically all week so this was tuesday morning so i lost internet like the whole week wow yeah, I got it back on Friday. No, yeah, Friday. Late Friday. But it, it's a temporary thing. So they have to actually come out and rerun the whole line. They got to dig up the street and everything. Yeah, because he's morons. So anyway, got, got, a, got a little delayed with because of that. But I hope to have the new Save by the 90s out. This week, just in time for Halloween. All right, let's talk about some Dune. I have a synopsis here. Feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family and trusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. Kevin, now you were pretty excited for this one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll start it with you. To, to be yeah, we'll start with you. What did what were your initial impressions of Dune? Uh I had I had pretty high hopes, but I think uh, I think my overall my expectations were grounded. I didn't think that this was going to be like absolutely insane. I you know, it was yeah, blow my mind or anything. What I was going to say a moment ago and and just stop myself was that I had very low expectations. Like I was okay. not I was not very excited for this movie. So <laughs> I just want that I want to I want to set that stage. I think the biggest thing for this cuz this was something that me and my wife were discussing because she's really into sci-fi. Uh she reads a lot of sci-fi and like the biggest issue that she always has is sci-fi novels uh, most of them are very very thick. And usually the reason for that is all the world building, mm, mm-hmm. it, you know, you got, you have descriptions of landscapes, interiors, architecture, the tech, the sociopolitical climate, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. It just takes hundreds of pages to describe everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is you as a reader 
like you get to partake in that and you kind of build your own world alongside the author, you know, visually in your mind. So a lot of times the, the, the issue is, is then when you finally see something, you know, a visual adaptation, it might not live up to what, what you envisioned. Yeah. Yeah. But I think another thing that is the issue here, cause I see some people saying that this movie's a, a bit, uh, maybe hollow or, you know, a little bit empty or, or vapid, but I think the the strong suit is he does such a wonderful job with world building to the point that he does such a great job that it's difficult to translate hundreds of pages of describing in order to world build where here you get to see it in like two seconds. Mm -hmm. But I thought all the landscapes, the the architecture, the interiors, you know, I thought all of it was just phenomenal. I, I yeah, I 100% agree. I think that I was very surprised. As I said, I went into this very low expectations. I did not like Lynch's Dune. I'm not particularly interested in the Dune story in general. I never read the, the books. Is it just one book or the, was it a series? There's a series of books. That's what I thought, but see, I don't even know. So I knew very like cursory information about Dune from what I remembered of the Lynch one and then also playing the Dune video game, which was like, I think the first real-time strategy game. It was the one, it was like the precursor to Command and Conquer and Warcraft. But anyway, um, I loved the Dune game. It was great. Get the spice harvesters going. Oh, so I was uh, I was pretty blown away. Like I, I don't I don't see how you can watch this movie and not be completely gobsmacked at the visuals. I mean, holy shit! Like it's incredible. Like it is. This is a. I expected it to be a visual feast, but oh my god! It's like two and a half hours of just absolutely gorgeous cinematography. I mean, it, it's just. Out of control, like, like just the, out of control. Yeah, I mean, like the effects work is just—it's incredible. It's so detailed, like the level of detail in everything in this movie. Everything feels so real and thought out. Even the smallest details, like when they're in the, like when they're in the space, the the little like shuttle things. And I, they said the name of them, but I can't remember. Like the dragonfly looking things. Mm-hmm. how you can see all of like the dials and gauges and everything. And, and it all looks like it has a purpose in that. It's not just set dressing. Like it's not just a prop. It looks like it has a function and you can say the same thing about like the clothes, like the suits that they wear that, that recycle the water and the, that awesome, uh, the sand compressor thing. Like that and like the thumper thing like i could just go on and on and on with all of the tiny little elements of this movie and it's just and that's that's really what hooked me in this like yeah. that's what engaged me through this two and a half hour plus experience was just the incredible world building and the attention to detail and it was just stunning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, I was so taken aback by that that 
I was just enjoying being in the world mm-hmm. and seeing the tech. And see, because like the, even like the the dragonfly helicopter type deal, like you could have easily just shown that from a distance. Yeah. You know, and you didn't really have to show the inside too much, or but like there's close ups of the wings engaging. Yeah, like how it works. Like you breaking. can, yeah, it, you can see how it works, and it feels very practical. Like, oh yeah, like someone could actually build that that thing, and it would work at least in your the way that it's displayed. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but like yeah. with the way that you see the hinges. At where like the the propeller things like fold in like it, it all just it looks like every little aspect was thought out yeah it looks like you actually had some engineers mm-hmm. like develop like okay maybe it wouldn't actually work in the real world yeah it's, but it's, on it's, paper they got it to like hey this this could work also there's like yeah i mean like is it a practical thing i like i don't in the real world, I don't know how practical uh, uh, something like that would be, but you know, it, seems it super makes dangerous. Yeah, but it makes a lot more sense in this world because of like the sand and dust and the craziness, the harshness of the environment. It seems like those little things would be more conducive to that type of. Anyway, the yeah, so I I loved all that stuff. I understand what people are saying about like the hollowness of it may from a narrative perspective. But the, the thing is I, I do give it a pass and maybe it makes me slightly hypocritical because this is something that I complain about a lot with movies, knowing that this is part one and knowing that this is basically the foundation. This is the setup. And I know that like, like just a few weeks ago with Halloween kills, I complained about how that, that movie ended and that I don't like that for, I, I, and I can't really articulate why I give this movie a pass, but I think that I just am okay with it because I understand the scale. Like I know that this is an epic, huge movie that I don't want them to rush it. I don't want them to squeeze in uh, this, this whole, you know, giant story within one, two and a half hour movie. Like I would rather, Villeneuve like really take his time and just flesh out every little aspect of this world. So in that regard, I'm actually okay with how this was. With that being said, I think that being over two and a half hours, it's still, I feel like it could have been slimmed down a bit. Like I I feel like there's way too many uh, of those like visions that Chalamet has. that was I don't have a lot of complaints about this movie, but I feel in my heart that's the number one. That was the number one issue that yeah, I had. Is there's so many of these dreams slash visions that he has. They're all kind of shot in that like cinematic slow-mo type deal where it's just and it, after a while they, they felt pretty redundant too. Yeah. Cause I don't know how many if I know that I'm exaggerating, but it felt like there's like 15 shots of her just turning around and looking at him like that. Like that, it felt like that was just used over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like the first time I feel like, okay, we get it. Like I understand that you want to show that he has like this, this ability to kind of see into the future and all of that stuff. But it's just, I think it's overdone. And I think that it causes 
the runtime to to feel a bit bloated. And every time it also causes a bit of a at least for me a bit of a pacing issue where you're you're having this these this great momentum within the story and like all of a sudden he has one of his like visions you're just like all right come on just let's just get this over with and get back to the actual story here yeah it's like we get it yeah and and it's like truthfully like i don't really care like i don't really care the vision he has and then like what he decides that he has to do to like change the future or whatever like i just i don't really care about that but it's it's also interesting that I went into this like remembering Dune being all about like the politics, like the different houses and the and all the political strife and and all that stuff. And as a kid watching Lynch's Dune, I was just not having it. I was just bored to tears, and I was afraid that that's how this one was going to be. And it it sort of is, but at the same time, I found the kind of political aspect of it to be much more palatable than yeah than like lynch's version i think and i can imagine some people will take issue with this but i feel like him and his writing team did a fairly good job of kind of reducing it down to the basics and keeping it far more you know i think it's easier to follow for a wider audience Mm -hmm. than like to drag down everything with, you know, very, very detailed point by point politics of, you know, the houses and the spice trade and all that stuff. Yeah. And I thought, I thought he did a bit. I mean, I could have used a little bit more, but I don't, it wasn't something that I was like, man, they, they really fucked it up there. I think, I think maybe more of that will be like the more of the political intrigue will be introduced in the second part, but. I don't I don't know. I think I think that they did a good job of just laying out the the groundwork for all of this. I think a lot of it comes down for me that I I'm far more forgiving of a lot of things in this movie because of the world building. Oh uh, yeah, I mean same. Like again, I had zero expectations. I I actively do not like the Dune story. At least I thought and then as soon as I saw, like, I was just so into this. Like, I was 100% on board. The, the, the long run time didn't bother me. Like, I was just, I was sad to see it, it end. I, I was ready for part two. Like, as soon as this was over, I was just I was yeah, there so was, into it. There was a part of me that kind of forgot that. So when, like, they're walking, and they, like, oh, this is just the beginning. And then, you know, the credits are, I was like, what? How do you end a movie like that? It's like, oh yeah, that's right. This is it's a, it does say part one in the in its opening title. Yes. So they yes. they knew they knew what they were. I don't know. Like, does it? Do we have a budget for this? Because holy crap, it seemed. I mean, it, yeah. as far as like twenty twenty one movies. Oh yeah, one hundred sixty five million. That's a huge budget. Yeah, I mean, as far as like big movies go for twenty twenty one, this has to be like the most expensive yeah, but, looking movie I've seen this year. But I think like it's, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know finances in terms of movies and stuff, but I feel like that money was well spent. Like, uh, yeah, I mean what they got, what they got for that money is like, wow, this is, it looks incredible. Yeah. Like, and, and, I mean, this is just great effects where there's other movies where, you know, you have that huge budget and you're like, how did you 
how did this movie cost that much? Yeah, it was all like shot on a soundstage. A green, yeah. a green soundstage. This movie was actually like shot in the desert. Like this uses real locations and there's a lot of practical effects in, in this movie too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you obviously can't do practically or wouldn't look good. Like the sandworms and some of the buildings and stuff like that. But like a lot of it is done practically and it just looks so good. Like I, I I keep, I just want to keep rehashing how good this movie looks like that initial flyover when they first get to the planet and they're flying over the city and it's just like you can see so much detail in each little building and it just i, I, I was just blown away just, that's what uh, i mean like and, and some like, of this sorry go ahead the effects works is so good that it 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 looks and feels practical like there's dragonfly mm-hmm. helicopters they look like they built dragonfly helicopters yeah yeah they, they it's so, it's so impressive it really is and like the even in the scenes where there's like the action scenes are like the destruction is done so beautifully. Like the, 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 just the, the lighting, like the explosions and how like the, the orange of the like fireballs is just reflecting off of everything. And like that, that scene, that one scene that, that has all of the like bombs and stuff, those like crazy, yeah, De- and like I, boring type bombs that are like going through the shields and yeah, like, with it, holy ooh, shit! I was I forgot to mention that I love the the force field effect. Oh my god, yeah, it's in awesome. This movie. Yeah, and I think that's just another thing that he really excels at is size and scope. Like when they get invaded, this it feels fucking massive. Yeah, it's it's wild. It is absolutely wild. So, yeah, I highly recommend Dune. I was so surprised. So uh, I was really blown away by it, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I, I really can't believe it. Like, and, and I'm not, like, a huge fan of Chal- Timothee Chalamet either. So, like, he's fine. But I was concerned about... Th- I thought that he was going to be distracting to me because I, I, was, I was sure that I was going to see the actor rather than the character. And that does happen, but it does have it. I, for whatever reason, like when he tries to do this serious brooding, like it just doesn't work for me. I think he's a really good actor. I just, I don't know. For some reason there was that disconnect where I really couldn't see the character in him. I just more, more than anything, I just saw it as, uh, as him, as the actor, but you know, it is what it is. It's that, that's more of a me problem. I think he he does a good job. In fact, everybody I think on the cast does a good job. Oscar Isaac is great. He plays um, Chalamet's dad, the Duke. You got Stellan Skarsgård in here as the Baron. And man, what a what a character there with that spine thing. Mm-hmm. Every time that thing would turn on, and his uh, little bath. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the, the oil, oil thing. Yeah. Boost. And him eating. Oh yeah. Disgusting. Goddamn disgusting. I mean, this is an absolutely stacked cast. I mean, there's so many people in here. Josh Brolin, Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Zendaya, uh Stephen McKinley Henderson, Javier Bardem, Dave Batista, Charlotte Rampling. 
I didn't even know Javier Bardem was in this movie. <laughs> that was a complete surprise when he showed up. I was like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh I didn't know Charlotte Rampling was in here. That was kind of a surprise. David uh, Dismalchian. Yes. In there as, as a, a creepy. <laughs> I love uh, like that, that whole side. I can't remember the name. The Harkonnens. Yeah. That whole yeah. with that creepy spider thing. Like, what was that? That was. Yeah. That, that's another thing that I enjoy is they have. They invested in that spider thing which is just their pet and it just has a screen time of like a second Mm -hmm. and then you just see like the backside and then it leaves yeah i wonder if that thing's gonna be coming back i have a feeling probably and it's gonna be disgusting i wonder i wonder if it's gonna be like a there's gonna be a lot of them you know like there's gonna be a giant war and they're gonna bring it and there's gonna be like a whole spider squad i hope not yeah uh yeah so incredible cast everybody did a fantastic job i was sad to see batista as a bad guy i always want to see him as a good guy but he was he was good nonetheless i think that he'll have a larger role in the uh in the sequels but yeah everybody else was good oh yeah uh anything else to add no i don't think so i mean it's just like the the effects work and the the attention to detail here and just everything translates so well and looks so good Mm -hmm. like the force fields and the you know like I said, the interiors, like everything just looks great. Yeah, absolutely. So I would highly recommend Dune. It is in theaters and on HBO Max. I think it's on HBO Max until November 21st, I think it said. Something like that. So you do have a decent amount of time to, to watch it. Highly recommend it. Uh, let's go ahead and give it a score. Kevin, what are you going to give Dune? Dude, I'm going to give Dune an 8. I'm also giving Dune an 8. Probably one of my favorite movie experiences this year. So definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. What do you got on your uh, list? What's first up? I got Demons from 1985. Demons. Roberto Bava. Yeah, we were just talking about this uh, was it last we were. week. And it, that's what Kickstarter is. I was like, I'm finally going to sit down and watch Demons. Because this is on, it's on Shutter, but it's also on Mubi. So this is uh, 80s as hell. Just a crazy 80s soundtrack. And it's just really, really simple in that there is this movie house opens up. This guy's just handing out complimentary tickets like, hey, come see this movie. They don't even know what movie it is, but people just, they come, they show up in droves. Like, hey, let's check this out. This is cool. This building's open back up. And there's this mask, it's like a metal mask, that if, it, if you put it on, it'll cut you and you turn into a demon. And of course someone puts it on. And the movie that they're watching, the same thing happens in the movie that they're watching. So you have this kind of like interesting thing from, from the outset of them watching the movie, and the same thing is happening to them in the theater. So they're essentially like figuring it out through the movie. But then that ends, and it's just them trying to survive inside the movie house with people getting picked off one by one and turning into demons. And it's phenomenal in a couple of different ways, one of which is the effects work. You have a lot of transformation effects going on. Mm. 
like, you know, people's nails get super long, so there's close-ups of that. It's kind of like werewolf transformation effects, but they're turning into demons. There's a lot of, like, blue goo and pus coming out of people's mouths, pustules exploding on their faces. There's a a super close-up of, like, two front fangs pushing out the old teeth and, you know, as they're coming in. And it looks good. Like it all, and it's super close up. You got these disgusting sounds, these wet guttural sounds that are just fucking disgusting, and people just getting ripped apart. There's one guy, a demon comes from behind, and you know how a Hulk Hogan would tear a shirt in mm-hmm. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This demon does that to a guy's throat from the back. Ooh, just nails in the front. Like in the middle, and then just rips it open. And I mean, what more do you want? Not a whole and lot. It ends. It ends. There's kind of like this display in the lobby of, for some reason, it's a like a samurai guy on a dirt bike holding a samurai sword, and he has the mask that turns you into a demon. I don't know who came up with that setup, but. Essentially, that's what's utilized at the end, is they jump on that dirt bike. It's got full gas, full tank. It's ready to go. And apparently that's a real samurai sword because he uses it to just hack up the demons. Nice. And they, they drop a helicopter through the, through the roof, which is fucking nuts. Like, you got to watch it. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm looking for something to watch this afternoon, so maybe, that, maybe that'll be it. It better be demons. All right. So that's Demons. Uh, speaking of movies that we talked about on the show, I watched The Incredible Shrinking Man from 1957. There you go. Yeah. So, saw this on Peacock because... Uh, Peacock's you know, turning out? Yeah. You know, they, they actually have a lot of horror movies on there right now. They have, like, a lot of the... I think a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, all of the Child's Play movies... There's, there's a lot of stuff on there right now. So, The Incredible Shrinking Man, directed by Jack Arnold. Uh, you know, this... I, I, for whatever reason, I like movies that involve people shrinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Now, I didn't see the one with Matt Damon because I heard it was really bad. Downsizing or whatever. Like, I, Oh, yeah. I heard that was, like, horrible. So, because they didn't really capitalize on the, the, the tiny person mechanic, from what I understand. At any rate, uh, this movie's awesome. Like, they did a really good job with the effects. So, a lot of it is this kind of, like, forced perspective stuff. And a lot of it is, like, composited stuff. Like, you know, what they had back in the 50s. But a lot of the stuff is just giant sets that they built, you know, with, with oversized items. And it all looks really good. I mean, it's a very convincing effect for the most part. So... I can imagine that when this first came out, it was probably mind blowing. This was like Dune. This was this was like what what people saw like in '57, and were like, "Holy crap, it was so real," <laughs> you know. Um, what you have here is uh, this this guy who is out on a out on a boating trip with his girlfriend, and uh, it, there's some sort of radioactive cloud basically looks like glitter that gets all over him and he starts shrinking and it's like uh you know it's like a, a small thing it's not all like right away like he's just like every day he gets a little bit smaller 
and they figure out a way to to stop it. And so it, it stops and he's just like a short, he, he's like a grown man, but he's like the size of a kid. So he's like four feet tall, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit less. And he's like that for a while, like quite a while. And he ends up meeting a woman who calls herself quote, a midget, even though it's just a regular sized person, like in real life, they just made her like a little bit smaller. So that was a little bit, you know, <laughs> 50s 50s style and sensitivity there but he then but the, the eventually the formula wears off and he starts shrinking again and through a series of events he gets like lost and he continues to shrink until he's just nothing like he just goes to like an atomic level and he's just gone <laughs> that's the end of the movie he just shrinks into nothing wow yeah, it's a pretty crazy ending, actually. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect it. Like, I totally expected a, you know, a standard Hollywood ending where they make some, like, some kind of drink and give it to him when he goes back to normal. But that's not, it's not what happens. He just, it gets very existential at the end, and he just shrinks into oblivion. And uh, the other thing is, like, he's a, he turns into like this total asshole for some reason. Like he lives in a dollhouse, and I think that it's just like he's so emasculated because he's scared of spider. Like spiders can kill him and stuff. Yeah, I mean that's got. I would imagine. I mean, life in general is just pretty stressful. Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. how it would be that would be like. I mean, insects suck when you're six foot tall. Yeah. Well, he yeah he's he's kind of a dick though. Like he's not good to his girlfriend and. He sees the air of his ways towards the end, though. Yeah. But anyway, I would recommend checking it out if you haven't seen The Incredible Shrinking Man, because it's uh, quite good. And But also, how do you break up with a guy that's shrunk down to the size that he's living in an adult Oh, house? she's great. I mean, she's... Yeah, she... She takes care of yeah. him all the time. Like, she's, she's very doting. A very doting fiance. I would imagine that he wouldn't want to. Yeah. But, how you know, how do you end that? Well, there's also this whole thing where, like... Like the tabloids, like figure it out. So he becomes famous too for being, for for being a tiny man who's shrinking every day. Incredible. Uh, I saw a classic horror story. This is on Netflix. Apparently, this is from this year. Yeah, it came out of came out over the summer. Really? Yeah. Odd choice. Odd choice to do that. Uh, this is, I was surprised by this. I mean, I had super low expectations going in because all the reviews were bad. It was just bad. I liked it. And I was like, all right, we'll we'll see. But yeah, I enjoyed this actually. I thought it was, it was pretty creepy. It was excessively gory in some parts, like some fucked up shit happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Had some interesting twists. Uh, some really disturbing imagery, like the stuff that they find in the woods. You know, it's just the cre- even just the house itself is creepy with the the alarms and the speakers and everything. Like it's just it's just unsettling all over. Mm-hmm. And then they have a little bit of a twist at the end there. And uh, going into this, I didn't realize that Matilda Lutz was like the main character, which. Like what? What is this now? Like three, I think horror films, or you know, horror adjacent 
films that I've seen her in where it, like she kills she it. She does pretty yeah, she does pretty damn good job. Yeah, she's she's really good. I I, I hope that she continues doing awesome things. So yeah, if you got Netflix, I I definitely check this out. I was really surprised by this. Yeah. I remember liking it. Uh, all right. I saw... Let's see. We'll, we'll stick with the Netflix uh, theme here. I saw The Trip. This is directed by Tommy Ricola. That's the same guy who did uh, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, and he did the Dead Snow movies, which I liked both the Dead Snow movies quite a bit. Uh, this one... Oh, he also did that What Happened to Monday movie that was a Netflix one that I saw part of that, but not the whole thing. Uh, so this is a horror comedy with Numi Rapace and Axel Henny. It's a Norwegian film. And, uh, so, so basically it's about a, a married couple who are their Their relationship is, is being very strained. They're, they're sort of on the outs and they, Decide to go to this remote cabin, family cabin for the weekend. And it turns out the husband is planning to kill the wife. But guess what? The wife is planning to kill the husband. And this, this revelation happens pretty early on in the movie because it turns out that there's a whole other thing that's going on here involving a third party that uh i don't i guess i won't spoil it uh it's really violent so it's like extremely violent and uh i would say that like the action slash violence looks good like it's well shot the 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 like the gore effects look good but the movie itself i found to be a bit lackluster like i don't know i just felt like maybe i just wasn't really in in the right mood to watch a movie like this but it's an extremely mean-spirited movie, which is fine. That's totally fine. The problem, I, I, the main problem I had with this, I felt like I've just seen movies like this before. Like there, it didn't feel like there was much new here. I liked Dumi Rapace a lot. I like her in pretty much everything she's in. I think she's a really good actress, and she does a lot of really physical stuff in this. I, I'm assuming. I mean, even if there's a stunt double for some of it, she, I think she still does a lot of physical stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a it's sort of middle of the road Netflix stuff for me, really. Yeah, I got another Netflix thing. That's The Wind, directed by Emma Tammy. Oh yeah, I saw this one too. Oh, you did see this? I did. This is all right. I wasn't really good. I, I, I could have used a little bit more uh, in terms of like the supernatural stuff, but I gotta say, like the location. And I like the the production design of this movie. I thought it was pretty phenomenal. Um, it's some most of the the supernatural stuff that they did include was creepy enough. I just like I just could have used a bit more. You know what I mean? I think mm. I I appreciate the what they went for in terms of this kind of just being like infiltrating the minds of the of these women because they already have this really difficult time of. The location that they're in is very isolated. There's only the two of them. You know, they only have each other. You know, they have these expectations. And, you know, of course, the the, the demon, the wind demon, kind of, you know, gets to them. And I, 
I mean, wind is fucking annoying as shit. And I can't imagine being out on the prairie, hearing that shit all the time, day in, day out, and no one being around. That drive me fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean, one day alone here with heavy wind, I get pissed off. You just want to shoot, imagine shoot s- that wind. Shoot that wind yeah. right in the face. I would, if I could. So this is another one that I was I was pleasantly surprised by. Like, I really had low expectations. I thought it was just going to be really laborious. And it is, it is a slow mover. But I think overall, it, it, what it sets out to do, it does well. Nice. All right. Uh, that's The Wind on Netflix. Check it out on there. I saw Titan. This is the the one that's got a lot of a lot of buzz. Directed by Julia uh, DeCarnow. Probably mispronouncing that. Apologies. She's the uh, she's the woman who directed Raw, which I I really loved Raw. So had very high expectations. High expectations for Titan because I heard some really crazy shit about it. And uh, yeah, that's correct. It is a crazy ass movie. Like. It's a movie that you will definitely remember. That's for sure. You're not going to forget what happens in this anytime soon. It's wild. It's even wilder to me that this is France's entry for the, for the 2022 Oscars. Love it. I can't, I really can't. I mean, when you, when you see this movie, you're just like, wow. Uh, so it's hard to really even describe what this movie's about. It, it is, it stars, um, Oh, what's her name? Agatha Agatha Roussel. And she plays a dancer who, when she was a child, she was in a, in a really bad car accident that resulted in her having a large titanium plate put into her head. And she has this like crazy looking scar above her ear because of it. And it kind of like, I don't know. She seemed a little bit messed up as a, as a child, but this event really kind of messed her up. And so you have that. And then you also have this uh, serial killer story that, that happened. And then you also have this guy uh, played by Vincent Linden, who he's a, he's a captain of a, a, he's a firefighter and he finds his, long lost son and i'm i'm trying to be like really cryptic with like how i say everything because uh, i feel like it's best to go into this movie cold because there's a lot of like v- very sharp turns that it takes and I-, I think that you you'll benefit from experiencing those you know just without knowing too much it's very Cronenberg-esque. I think that it's impossible not to draw those parallels with a Cronenberg. Uh, so there's a lot of like kind of body horror elements to it. But it's it's a movie that it's it's a very like contemplative movie. Like it really makes you explore a lot of different topics, like love and companionship and just a lot of different elements and it's it's very bizarre it's very disturbing at times but uh he i i kind of loved it so 
Highly recommend checking out Titan. I believe that it is available on VOD right now. Looking forward to this. That's fucking wild. Unfortunately, the movie that I have to follow up with yours is very ho hum. Oh, Lackluster. No. Oh no. That's, it's 1922. Zach Hilditch. This is also on Netflix. This is based on the the Stephen King novella. It's essentially just kind of like a, a a reimagining of a ground post of the Telltale Heart, uh, with which places Thomas Jane in 1922 in Nebraska. He's a farmer, and his wife uh, inherits a hundred acres of her dad's farm. So he kind of blends his farm in with her farm. He's living the life. He's loving it. He loves being a farmer. She does not. She wants to sell it and move to the city and open up a dress shop. So Thomas Jane kind of manipulates his son into helping him kill his wife, throwing her down in a well, and then they get to just keep doing their farm stuff and just live the life. But uh, everything falls apart after that happens. And it's, it's a bit of a slog. It's mm. not a whole lot going on. Um, Thomas Jane just really he goes for it with the accent doing you know he's doing this like uh this big time farmer 1922 accent like it's <laughs> it's something it's something it's a choice it's a choice uh i don't know whether he pulls it off as much as he thinks he does i think he's really happy with it you nailed it thomas that's what he's saying in his in his trailer you nailed yes. it tom i yeah i don't think he, I don't think anyone could argue with him and get him to see that maybe this wasn't the best choice. I think he's 100%, maybe 200% in his mind that he was absolutely phenomenal. Maybe he is. Maybe he's right and we're all wrong. I don't know. But uh, yeah, everything just kind of falls apart. There's not a whole lot of like supernatural or, you know, horror elements to it. I mean, the, the, the him killing his wife is a little bit brutal. And there's some there's some rat stuff going in. You get some rats doing their thing, climbing in people's mouths oh, and yeah. stuff. Mouth rat. But other than that, it's just it's no thank you. All right, uh, all right. I'll follow that one up with an with one that I thought was lackluster, and that's old from M Night Shyamalan. Saw old. Oh. It's out on VOD right now. I didn't want to go to the theater to see this. Because I, I had a feeling that I wasn't going to be that into it. And uh, as it turns out, I was not that into it. Mm. If you're not familiar, this is a... It's about a group of people who go to a private beach and discover that they are getting older. Like, it's, they're, they're aging very, very rapidly. And this lends itself to some really interesting ideas. That, that are in this movie. Like when you think about what it would be like to live in an, in a, an area where time is accelerated, there's, there's some really cool concepts there. Like, Oh, what would happen if you break a bone? What would happen if you get a really bad cut? What would happen if you have a tumor? Like the, these are some of the concepts. What would happen if you got pregnant? Like, these are some of the things that the movie explores, which I think are, are all like really cool things to, to look at. Uh, but 
where the movie like first of all the script is horrible like all the dialogue is atrocious the writing is so bad like i don't even understand how this this happened like i think that the script is so bad the the story itself is just very it's it's just slightly dull like the concept the core concept is really cool but where it goes i feel like it just doesn't have that much to say and the characters are also very shallow one note not very interesting the camera work is quite good i would say that the cinematography is very compelling like really good job with the cinematography um and yeah the rest of it is it's it's meh overall it's just a meh thing and and some i mean again some of the dialogue is laughably bad in this so I really can't recommend old. If you're if you're going into it thinking that there's going to be some kind of like crazy Shyamalan twist, I think you're probably going to be disappointed with how it mm. turns out. Also, I, I would note that this is based on a graphic novel, which I have not read, but I had heard that the graphic novel deals with the topic and, and this story in a much deeper way. So maybe check out graphic novel instead or if you found the movie to be lackluster maybe look into the graphic novel because I'm, I'm gonna look into it and see gotcha interesting that's all i got all right uh i'll mention one more it's not a horror movie it's it, uh, there's some thriller elements to it and that's the card counter this is the new paul schrader movie I got to say, like, Paul Schrader, man, like, you know, a lot of times there's there's very few directors that, like, were were like firing on all cylinders decades ago and then still managed to to have it, you know, like still still managed to be outputting the same quality. I think I think that there are obviously some exceptions like Scorsese, but. But I think he's he's an interesting one because, like, he did dip, you know what I mean? He dipped and then he came back. Yeah, where it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, maybe just stop making movies. But now you're like, oh, okay. He found it. Yeah. I mean, no, no matter what you think about his, his filmography, he's got a lot of really interesting work. Uh, the Card Counter is great. I pretty much loved every moment of it. This is, it stars Oscar Isaac as a, um, as a man who gets out of prison and while in prison he learns to to count cards so he becomes a professional gambler after he gets out of prison and it it turns out that i don't know if it's i don't know what would be considered spoilers in this movie uh yeah i I guess i won't really talk about why he was in prison but he ends up meeting two people while doing his like sort of gambling circuit. He meets Tiffany Haddish, who is a, I can't remember what they call them, like stable hands or something where they basically find professional gamblers and link them with uh, backers so that, so that you have these like people who have money and they basically will put up the, cost to get into these like high stakes poker tournaments and stuff like that. And then they just split the money, the winnings like 50, 50. So, uh, 
so she hooks up with him. And then also you have Ty Sheridan who plays the son of, uh, of a man who commits suicide after he experienced the kind of horrors of, of being a contractor in Abu Ghraib and it like really messed him up. And then after the whole Abu Ghraib thing came out, he ended up going to, to prison. And then when he got out, he was, he had like a drug addiction and stuff. So basically Ty Sheridan's character is looking to hunt down this military colonel who he believed to be responsible for the atrocities in Abu Ghraib. And he's going to torture and kill him. And this colonel's played by uh, Willem Dafoe. So these three, this, this sort of motley crew go on this like poker tour to try to win all this money. So like Oscar Isaac sort of takes Ty Sheridan under his wing and wants to like provide for him financially and try to get him to not want to kill this man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it than that, but I'm kind of skirting around a lot of the details. It's uh, it's really good. Uh, I would I would highly recommend it. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Antlers is coming out. The uh, horror film. Into Antlers. You want to check it out? Want to check out Antlers? Maybe. That's it for theaters. VOD. Wow. Well, you know how it is. VOD this week. Let's see. On the 25th, we have Surge. Then on the 26th, Ryan's birthday, we have Time Out. The crickets dance. Those crickets just dancing along. We got Snakehead. That's on the 29th. Also on the 29th, we have The Spine of Night, which I would recommend checking out. That's the one that was hand rotoscoped. Nice. Crazy, uber, ultra violent fantasy movie. Uh, we got They're Outside, Joyride, Broken Darkness. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have for VOD on my list. I don't see anything for Netflix, so there's probably something dropping on Netflix that they like just didn't alert me about. Oh, okay, yeah, like something drop. They're, they're going to drop like 37. Yeah, maybe. there's going to be multiple things. Actually, let's let's just let's quickly quickly look and see what's on the calendar here. Army of Thieves. That's going to be dropping on Netflix. That's the uh, Army of the Dead prequel. I'm actually interested in that because that character, the the safe safe cracker character, was one of my favorites in that movie. So that should be a, should be a fun be a fun movie. Uh, also on Netflix is it the t- the time it takes and Colin in black and white. It's like some sort of Colin Kaepernick documentary. Oh yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's that's Netflix. What I should do is just we'll, we'll have it like a separate. Do like a separate section because there's so much stuff dropping on Netflix all the time. All right, Blu-ray this week we got Blood for Dracula from 1974. That's going to be in 4K. Got the new Suicide Squad movie dropping on in 4K as well. Let's see Deep Red coming out on Arrow. That's a 4K release as well. One of my favorites. Oh man, and it looks like there's some other edition that's being released that has like the old that uh 
purple and orange. I used to have the poster for it, man. That's that's really cool. From Dust Till Dawn's coming out in 4K. Fritz the Cat is getting a new Blu-ray release. Hated that movie. We got Steel Dawn from 1987. That's going to be on the Vestron Collector series. Patrick Swayze. Ooh, yeah. Killer Party from 1986. Ooh, have to check that out. Love me, love me some 80s horror. Got Ticks coming out in 4K. Wow. Yeah. Is that a vinegar? Yeah, it is a vinegar syndrome. I knew it. I can't. I can't believe they 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 did. I mean, there's like so many. There's so many classics that have not been converted to 4K, and and then vinegar syndrome's like, we got ticks. Love it. Incredible. We got Don't Breathe 2 coming out, Children of the Damned from 1964, Shallow Grave from 1984, uh, The Nine Lives of Fritz the Cat, which is the sequel. Didn't see the sequel because I hated the first one so much. I Spit I spit on Your Grave is getting a 4K release. That's the original 1978 one. Summer of 84 is coming out on 4K. That's uh, it's the one from 2018. Uh, the what's that group? The the, the RKSS, the people who did uh, Turbo Kid. Mm. That's that's their follow up. I, I, I forgot all about them. Yeah, uh, Summer of '84 was decent. Let's see. For Mad Men only, we got Duck, the Carbine, the Carbine High Massacre. 1999. Mm, let's see what else we got here. Resurrection from 1999. Kid Candidate. Oh. Boarding House from 1982. Devil in the Deep from 1932. Megan is Missing from 2011. Ooh, looks like uh, Arrow is putting out a Giallo Essentials collection here. Only three movies. What? Yeah, it's kind of a. I don't know. It's kind of a bummer. Dude, big ass box set. I know. Oh my god, I would I would totally buy that. So this little collection includes the possessed, the fifth chord, and the pajama girl case. These are these three releases are also they came out individually like a while ago on Arrow. I have all three of these actually. So it's it's more like a just a collected thing. Not new mm-hmm. releases. Oh my god, there's so many. Knife plus heart is coming out. Shattered Dead from 1994. Warning from earlier this year. 31. That's the Rob Zombie one. Uh, that's a, that's about it. What what do we have on Criterion? We have Debbie from 1960. Sajid Rise Debbie from 1960. <laughs> nice. 4K. And the, uh, the special features are a little... Ho-hum. little light. But, a little ho-hum. Yeah, I mean, a couple things on there some new, some new stuff at least all right cool well i guess check that out then it's gonna do it for this week thank you so much for listening you can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulse kevin and if you have a minute consider reviewing us on you, your podcast platform of choice for kevin Rickshaw, my name's adam patterson we'll see you next week